For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone, and we are really doing it. Like today, we are actually talking about manifesting. Now, I say actually because, yes, a lot of the show is about showing up as your higher self, living your best life. We talk a lot about wellness, we talk about yoga, we talk about life, we talk about like really honestly anything and everything. But I haven't done an episode about manifesting, I don't think, since 2022. So it's time to do a new one and time to do an updated one if you guys will. And I'm really excited to talk about this today because number one, obviously the show is called Manifest with Tori D. Simone. And this has become an entirely new discussion since going through yoga teacher training myself. I feel like I have a lot more thoughts about this and a lot more insight about this and some actionable steps that I really think are going to positively impact whoever is listening to this episode. And just know that if you found yourself listening to this episode today, it's because it's meant for you. And I think that is beautiful and really exciting in and of itself. And I hope you, um, you know, take this episode at a good time in your life and you embrace the principles that we're going to be talking about. So I'm really excited to talk about this today and I hope you guys are too. Um, So I feel like we may as well just dive right in. I don't have too much to say prior to getting into this episode. Um, I'm working on some really, really exciting things for this year, and I'm excited to roll them out. Hopefully by the end of this month, um, it's part of my manifesting that I'm working on. So um, hopefully I'll be rolling it out by the end of this month if all goes according to plan. And yeah, I'm really excited to share more about that very soon, but In the meantime, let's just like get right into it because I love this topic and I love this episode and I want to get right into it. So let's begin. Um, I really think that the term manifestation and manifest has gotten really 
out of hand lately. And it's not from like our community of people, the people that actually preach this and practice this and put it into existence every day. Those are the people that really hold this word to its highest regard and to what it is meant to be used as. But I think some people have like found this word and made it almost like satirical. And it can also be used as like an insult now. And it's just been like thrown in this category of like, oh, what you're manifesting. And it's like, oh my God, we don't even know the power that this practice has and the impacts that this has and the transformative properties that this practice has. And by us just, you know, discounting it and chalking it up to like, oh yeah, you manifest. It's like, you don't even know the energy and the power that's behind this practice that's been around forever, might I add. I also think some people use it as a, as a cop-out and people sometimes use it to not put in work because how many times have you heard something along the lines of like, well, I manifested this, but it didn't come true. So it must not have been right for me. Okay, sure. But did you apply any work towards it for it to happen? Did you actively put in the work behind achieving what you were manifesting? Do you even know what manifesting is? is. Like I think some people think manifesting is just wishing for something and if it's meant for you, it will come. To an extent, yes, you do have to believe what you're thinking and if you subscribe to the idea of everything happens for a reason, it will find its way to you and I subscribe to both of that. However, you can't just have your thoughts be your end-all be-all, and we're going to get deep into that in this episode today. And this is where manifestation can get tricky and also taboo, for lack of a better word, at the same time. But if we really pull back on what manifestation is and what it represents and what it does and how to call into your experience exactly what it is that you want in this world... Suddenly, manifestation gets a whole new meaning, and it has a really beautiful meaning and a really beautiful purpose. So that's what today's episode is going to be, what manifestation is, how to manifest, and how to make it a part of your daily life with five actionable steps that you can begin right now as soon as you are done this episode, and your life is quite literally going to transform in front of your eyes. And I'm not kidding when I say it is that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. I do want to preface this that throughout this episode, I will be referring to yoga kind of frequently. A couple of reasons. Number one, I just went through 200 hour yoga teacher training. And if you guys listen to this show a lot, then you're probably so tired of hearing me talk about it. But I do want to point that out because all this information is at the top of my mind. So it just kind of makes sense. Secondly, when I do bring up yoga, I'm not talking about the workout. I'm not talking about like the poses that you guys go to when you you know, take a yoga class. I now teach yoga classes. Like it's not that that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is more so the philosophy side of yoga, meaning yoga is the study of the self. It's the journey of the self through the self to the self. Yoga is a self study of your mind and it's really a practice. 
Um, in yoga, there are things called sutras. And the best way that I can explain sutras is it's like a thread of something that was spoken to. I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't want to lose you guys, but there is a sutra of yoga. It's a second one. And it translates to the restraint of the modification of the mind stuff is yoga. Meaning if you have control of your mind, you have control of everything. And then there is nothing in this world to bind you. Once you control your mind, once you learn that you are in control of your mind, you control everything and there's nothing to hold you back. And that's really what the second sutra of yoga kind of talks about. Again, I don't want to like lose too many of you guys. So I'm just going to kind of cap it at that. If you want to learn more about this, there are so many people that are much more qualified than me to talk about it. I encourage you to do some research if that's what you're interested in. But I think this is a really beautiful place to begin with manifestation, remembering that if you have control of your mind, you have control of everything. So first of all, in order to understand manifestation, we need to understand the perception of the world. Stick with me because I'm going to get a little like, not trippy, but just a little like, you just have to stay with me in the beginning and it's going to tie back together. What I mean by this is that the world that I experience is vastly different than the world that you experience. To me right now, I'm using all of my five senses, right? And the five senses are sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste. And with those five senses, I'm creating a picture of the world. And you and I could be standing next to each other and we could both be looking at an orange cat and we can agree that that's a cat and that that is orange. But the perception of the shade of orange, for example, is going to be slightly different than my perception of the shade of orange. My perception of this cat is going to be different than your perception of this cat. Maybe I had a horrible experience with a cat. So for me, I'm feeling afraid of this encounter. Maybe for you, you love cats. So you're extremely excited about this encounter, or maybe you're allergic of cats. So you're running away from this encounter. This is really wild, but this is like really what I mean by Everyone has a different perception of the world, even if we are experiencing the exact same phenomenon, which is we're both looking at an orange cat. This is actually, if you are interested in this, um, I will leave a link to a podcast episode down below that Dr. Andrew Huberman hosted with um, a guest, Dr. Sam Harris. And it was really, it was explained very well and really cool. So I'll explain that if you're interested in the science aspect of that. Another example is if you have siblings, okay? I grew up with a sister and we grew up with, you know, under one roof, one household, same parents. We lived very parallel lives. Obviously she had different experiences than I did, but like we lived very similar lives. We grew up pretty much the same way, whatever, but her and I truly could not be more different if we tried. I'll use an example of like Christmas, for example. So let's say she was seven years old and I was five years old at Christmas and we experienced the exact same Christmas, but it was perceived one way for her and one way for me. And we could even take this another step further and say that my parents perceived it their own ways as well. Like for my dad, for example, maybe that was a really financially hard year. So he perceived that Christmas as very 
financially draining. Or maybe my mom was organizing a lot of family hosting. So this Christmas for her was especially stressful. Or for my sister, maybe she might have been disappointed that she didn't see Santa coming down the chimney. Like I remember that was a thing her and I would always talk about. She always told me that she saw Santa and I always believed her. And then for me, maybe this was like the best Christmas of my life. One event that we all experienced together using our five senses and we all walked away with completely different perceptions of this one event, right? We experienced it completely different for all four people. And this is why when people read the same book or watch the same TV show or eat the same food or watch the same movie, we all have different experiences with what it is that we watched. Like for example, everyone's talking about Saltburn right now. You might have watched Saltburn and hated every single second of that movie. I might have watched it and I was disturbed at parts of the movie, but I also loved parts of the movie. My boyfriend watched it and he was like, I like, what the hell did we just watch? And then I see people on TikTok that are like, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. If we are all eating lasagna, we're eating the same lasagna, I could say this is the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. The person next to me could say, you know, this is like a fine lasagna. It's mediocre. We have had different life experiences that have made this common experience different for every single person, even though it's the same thing that we're all differently experiencing. So this brings me to the point of reality. And it's that it is quite literally all an illusion. And this is where I need you to stick with me. Reality is our own illusion. It is our own interpretation of our five senses. This is also known as our central nervous system. The world we experience is nothing more than an experience of our own central nervous system. A lot of yoga books speak on this because it's a very ancient study and there's a lot of like science that goes into this and again I'll leave it to the scientists to talk about this so I will very briefly summarize it to the extent that I know which trust me I do not know everything and I'm not claiming to know everything but I do find this incredibly fascinating For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. 
I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. In the Bhagavad Gita, um, which if you are interested in reading that book, I will leave it below. I know a lot of you guys have probably read it if you've taken a philosophy class before in college or high school. It's a very um, commonly studied piece of, I guess, scripture. It's There's so much to it. But anyway, in the introduction of the Bhagavad Gita, it says, we really never encounter the world. All we experience is our own nervous system. And that's fucking crazy. Like that is really trippy. If you really think about that, like right now, as I'm recording this podcast, my eyes are just perceiving the world as it is right now when I'm interpreting it one way. It's just so crazy and it's all because of our own nervous system. So like, for example, I can think of several moments and occasions over the summers when I'm sitting on the beach and there is not a cloud in the sky. The weather is hot. The sun is shining. The sand is this gorgeous beige. The water is blue. The water is refreshing. Kids are laughing. Dogs are running. I have like a really refreshing lemonade next to me. Like all is good. This is the standard of a perfect beach day in the summer. But if I'm in a really shitty mood and I have a lot of racing thoughts in my mind, the entire beach day is completely distorted because I'm now viewing it through the lens, through the sense of sight of stress of anxiety, of not being present in the moment in my exterior world, but being only present internally in my mind. I'm overthinking, I'm anxious, and suddenly this picture-perfect beach day that's going on around me is totally shot and it's gone to shit because of what's happening in my mind. I'm perceiving 
the outside world one way because of what's going on internally. But let's say the next day I have another picture perfect gorgeous beach day and my mind is clear and it's happy and it's pure and it's completely stress-free and suddenly I'm having this excellent picture perfect day and it's because I'm experiencing the two days totally differently based on what's internally going on, based on my own senses, based on my own central nervous system. It's wild. Think of it this way. Why is it that we allow ourselves to sleep in on a Saturday but not a Tuesday? Is it because Saturday is a weekend and therefore it's socially acceptable to be sleeping in and it's okay to be lazier? Is it because Tuesday is a weekday and we have to work on a Tuesday? I mean, I'm not going to be like crazy and suggest that like we all know that time is a made up construct, right? Like we all just perceive a Saturday differently than we do a Tuesday and our behaviors on a Saturday are okay because we have all agreed that that's a Saturday. But when you do Saturday behaviors on a Tuesday, that's not okay because now we've all just agreed that like it's a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like we have perceptions of made up things such as time. Like today when I'm recording this, it's a Wednesday, but who agreed that it's a Wednesday and we all just agree and we go along with the fact that this is a Wednesday and on Wednesdays I do X, Y, and Z and on Saturdays I do X, Y, and Z and I don't switch the two because, you know, people work on a Wednesday but not on a Saturday typically. You get what I mean by this. I don't think I need to continue to. I don't like the term beat a dead horse. I don't love that, but that's where I was like kind of getting with that. Okay. So stay with me because I know I'm kind of getting like a little like, come on, Tori. What I'm trying to point out here is that the world is nothing more than a set of belief systems that we have told ourselves and that we honor and that we go by. And again, it's an experience of our nervous system. It's an experience of our five senses. Stubbing our toe, we feel that sensation which we then label as pain. Getting a promotion at work, we experience that sensation that we label as joy. Getting butterflies in our stomach when we see someone that we are attracted to, we label that as lust. So everything that we know so far in our life is from a past experience that we've lived and we've labeled it and we've stored it in like the the bank of our minds as life so that we know what's going to happen the next time or should I say so that we know for the next time we anticipate what's going to happen again because we've experienced it once before. So this all ties back to manifestation because to put it very simply, manifestation is your thoughts becoming your reality. And after we all just agreed upon that the reality is made up entirely in our head, like that perfect beach day is now a horrible beach day because of what I'm thinking, or that perfect beach day is now a perfect beach day because of my lack of thinking. We agree that our reality is made up in our head. It's through our senses. It's through our nervous system. So if we change our thinking, we are able to change our perception. And in doing so, we can literally change our life. And it really is that simple, but simple does not mean easy. So how does this all begin with thoughts and how can you begin to implement this into your daily routine? I'm so glad you asked me that because I have the answer for you. Okay. How does it begin with thoughts? 
I'm going to read this one line from the Bhagavad Gita, and I think we can kind of work backwards from here. So this line that I found sums this up really perfectly, and it says, thought, it it talks about like a philosophy. I'm just kind of skipping over that a little bit because it doesn't really pertain to the sentence at hand. Thoughts are packets of potential energy, which grow more and more solid when favorable conditions are present and obstacles are removed. They become desires and then habits and then ways of living with physical consequences. Consequences sounds negative, but it's not in the sense. So what I'm pointing out here is that thoughts are energy and that energy has the potential to gain momentum. Once that energy gains momentum, that's when it becomes desirable to us. That desirable thought then gets put into motion. That motion becomes an action. That action is then rewarded and we learn to do it again and again and again because we get a desirable and favorable outcome. And then repetition of the action becomes a habit and habits are how we live our life, whether it's good or whether it's bad. So when we wake up in the morning, the very first thing that we do, this is an example, by the way, is a habit. My habit when I first wake up in the morning is to get my phone and I track my aura ring for sleep, rest, and my temperature for my natural cycles, birth control, period tracking. So what's your habit? Is it drinking water? Is it scrolling on social media? Is it um, getting out of bed in the morning to pee? Let's like take that example for a little bit of a ride. Getting out of the morning, getting out of the bed in the morning and, and peeing. It all began with a thought and that thought then ignites our brain through a desirable outcome, which gives us the motivation and momentum to get up and then put that thought into action, giving us the favorable outcome. So then we repeat it the next day. So in this example of peeing, okay, just just stick with me here. I have a full bladder when I wake up and I want to have a relieved empty bladder. So the only way to do that is to get up and to go pee. And that feeling of an empty bladder is very favorable. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do it. But I only realized that I had to pee because I thought that I had a full bladder and I wanted it to be relieved. Even though we don't like actively know that thought process is going on, that's ultimately what is going on here. This is why if we simply just think that we want to pee when we wake up, unless we literally put one foot in front of the other, You cannot just get up and go to the bathroom without actually getting up and going to the bathroom. But the thought of needing to pee makes you get up and pee. So you essentially manifested your morning pee. And this is exactly what I mean when people are like, well, I manifested it, but nothing happened. Just because you think like, oh, I need to empty my bladder doesn't mean that your bladder just suddenly becomes empty, right? Like you have to get up out of bed and empty your bladder but it all came from a thought and that thought became an action. And then that action created your world for that day. That's what manifestation is. And we're using a P analogy to get there. It's crazy. So your life really is a projection of your thoughts. So if you change your thoughts, you change your life. 
And all of this sounds great, but you might be asking, okay, how do I get started? And I'm so glad you asked. So here's how you manifest and how you practice it in your daily life. And I want to remind you that this is a practice. It is not going to be perfect every day and nor should it, because if it was perfect every day, like I can't even imagine the life that you would be living. Like you would be just, it would just be so incredible, but showing up to this practice of your thoughts is a practice in and of itself. And Honestly, every single day of life is a practice. Every single day of life is a practice and there's such beauty in that. The easiest way to explain this is to pick a goal or a priority that you are going after in your life. Then you're going to use five steps of manifestation to achieve your goal. Step number one is to change the narrative of the goal in your mind. Change it from resistance to empowerment. Number two is to create an affirmation, which is an I am statement around the goal. Number three is to create a system implementing the goal. Number four is to practice the goal every day. And then number five is to achieve the goal. I'm going to use an example of running. I'll also provide another example, but just remember that this principle and these five steps can be applied to literally anything, anything in your life. So let's say the goal is to run three miles every day. Fantastic. That's a great goal to have. Okay. Number one, change the narrative of the goal in your mind. Change from resistance to empowerment. Phrases such as the thoughts that we feed ourselves, like I hate running becomes I love running or running is really hard for me becomes running as a form of release for me or I'm too out of shape to run becomes I'm so grateful to have a body that is able to run. It could even just be like maybe you've never even had a negative thought about running and then you just begin to say to yourself, running allows me to be free. Running is nourishing to my mind, to my body, to my soul, whatever it might be. You, you're just shifting a narrative in your mind. You're changing your thoughts, which is the most important part. Step one, you have to change your thoughts. Step two, create an affirmation, which is an I am statement around the goal. The goal, run three miles every day. So your affirmation, some examples are, I am a runner. I run every day. I am a strong runner. I deserve to run. I want to point out that even if at first these affirmations feel really weird and they feel fake and you feel like you're lying to yourself and it's like almost this imposter syndrome, that's okay. Here's why it's okay. You are working towards something that you've never had before. So to be a person you've never been before, you need to do things you've never done before. So to begin a new perception, to begin a new reality, you need to rewire your thoughts. You need to rework how you speak to yourself, how you show up to yourself, how you view yourself. If you want to run every day, you have to recognize that runners call themselves runners because they get up and they go run every day. If you are sitting at home and you're going to start saying to yourself, I'm an Olympic swimmer and then you never do anything about it, like, yeah, we're all going to feel a little bit weird about that. But maybe if we keep telling ourselves that one day we're going to get up and go in the pool. You know what I mean? So you have to say these affirmations. Yes, they might feel weird in the moment, but you have to just trust yourself that what you say 
is going to be followed by action. And it really does only feel silly for the first few days, maybe few weeks maximum, because after that action begins to take place. And then you really do begin to identify with what you're saying to yourself, which is why it's so important that you uplift yourself. Like how many times have we told ourselves, I'm not worthy of this. I I shouldn't get that promotion. I shouldn't be paid that much. Other people are more qualified than me. And we begin to believe that about ourselves. Like, why is it that we're so quick to believe these negative things about ourselves? But as soon as we start saying something positive, we, we like put the brakes on it. Why, why is that, that we do that? You know, we, we all do it. Why do we do that when we can quite literally just choose a positive reinforcement? We always choose the negative. This also brings me to a tangent that I won't go too deep down on, but I, I will repost it on my TikTok. But it was someone saying that we make up outcomes in our mind all the time. And these outcomes, whether they come true or not, it, it doesn't matter, but we always create these outcomes in our mind before something actually happens. And a lot of times we make them negative. And why do we do that? Like if we have the choice to choose an outcome that we are going to perceive in our minds, we may as well just make it a positive one because we don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what's going to happen. So why not just make it good? You know, it's like the whole saying of like, well, what if I can't do that? Well, what if you can what if you can? What if you did? You know, I can't make a million dollars, but what if you did? Why, why can't you? Oh, I can't run a marathon. Why, why can't you? Oh, that person won't answer my text. I shouldn't even like ask if they want to hang out. How do you know that? Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like we just assume things. We create these narratives for ourselves and we really believe it. So why not just create a positive narrative? If we're already going to be assuming something, we may as well assume positivity, right? Anyway, I don't want to get too deep on that tangent, but number two is create the I am affirmation. If imposter syndrome comes up during this, it's only going to last for a few days or a few weeks. And once you begin to have the action behind the thoughts, you will begin to believe your affirmations. I promise you. Okay. Number three is create a system implementing the goal. Again, the goal is to run three miles every day. The system is every day at 7 a.m., I will go for a run. That's the system. 7 a.m., I'm out the door. Number four, practice the goal every day. This is the act of showing up even on the days that you don't want to. This is the consistency part of it. This is the practice part of it. This is when the desire has gone away. This is when the motivation is completely out the window and it just comes down to the discipline, to the consistency, to the practice of it all. And that's what I mean when it's like, Life is a practice and you just have to continue to show up to the practice, even on the days that you don't want to. That's why practice is my word of 2024 and honestly should be my word for the rest of my life. Every day is a practice. So practicing this goal every day for this example, I used, I will begin with a three minute walk, a two minute run interval for 30 minutes total. And I'll do that for one week. And then after that week, I will do a three minute walk, three minute run for 30 minutes. After another week, I will do a five minute run a two minute walk for 30 minutes. After another week, I will do one mile consecutively of a run and then I'll walk for the remainder of the 30 minutes. So on and so forth until eventually step five, you achieve the goal. So you might be in steps one through four for a really, really long time. But once you get to step five, that's when you achieve the goal. And in this circumstance, it's I can run three miles every day at 7 a.m. 
Now, there's no time frame unless you put a time frame on the steps one through four, but I would try to keep it as open-ended as possible and let life happen. Like let life be flexible, let life guide you down paths because the magic and the journey of manifestation is actually the journey to achieving what it is that you want to manifest and not actually hitting the goal itself. What you learn along the way of wanting to hit the goal of running three miles every day is really what the manifestation is all about. It's amazing that you can run three miles every day if that's what you end up doing and if that's what you set out to hit. But what you learned along the way, that's really the magic. That's really the beauty. This is why we can say things like, oh, I'm manifesting becoming a runner in 2024. You don't just suddenly wake up and run or you don't just suddenly wake up and like become a runner. You can't just say, well, I don't know why I didn't run a marathon because I was manifesting being a runner. Like you need to put the work into the manifestations in order for them to be true and for in order for them to happen. Like, do you see what I'm saying? You can't just lay down and be like, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon this year. And then the year comes and goes, you never run your marathon. You go, well, I don't know why that didn't happen. It's not like, like I thought I was a runner, you know, like I, I really thought I was a runner. Okay. Did you get up and run? Did you get up and go do the marathon? Like you can't just think you have to put action behind your manifestations. And I think that's where we lose a lot of people because, and that's where like the whole cop-out comment comes in play because some people want to think that it is just thoughts. I would love to live in that world, but the beauty of the manifestation is that the thoughts are so freeing because you can really change your life with thoughts, but it's the action that comes behind the thoughts that makes the manifestation real. From achieving your goal of running three miles every day to kind of tie this back, maybe you'll even grow bigger with your manifestations, right? That three miles every day might turn into five miles every day, which then becomes a 10 mile race, which could become a half marathon and then a full marathon and then an ultra marathon and then an Ironman. And then before you know it, you really do eat, sleep, live, breathe the life of a runner because you are a runner, right? You changed your thoughts by starting to say to yourself, I am a runner. You changed how you perceive the world around you because you got up and you ran and now you've changed your life with all of the five steps of manifestation. Let's use another example. Let's use one that's a bit more like lofty. So let's say the goal is I want to find a loving relationship and get a boyfriend. Fantastic. That's a great goal. Okay. Number one, change the narrative. Stop saying that like, oh, there's no one out there. Like we lost all the good ones. There's, it's so tough out there. The streets aren't for me to whatever it might be. Change the narrative. Love is exciting and nourishing. Love is healthy. Love is looking for me. Love is all around me. Love is empowering. Love is made for me. Number two, create the affirmations. I am worthy of love. I am ready for love. I am in love, right? Number three, create a system. I know the kind of man that I'm looking for works out five days a week. So I'm going to go to the gym a few days a week and put myself in that environment of the love that I'm seeking. I know that the man I'm looking for is social. So I'm going to go be social one time a week and put myself in social situations to be seen, but also to manifest the energy that I want out of my relationship, which is social interactions. I know the man that I'm looking for is passionate about dogs. So I'm going to go to the dog parks and be around like-minded people. So you're creating that system 
of what it is that you are looking for in someone else. Number four, practice the goal every day. Now, in this example, I I took this alternative, but you can take any route that you want. I know that in order to be in love with someone else, I need to be in love with myself. So I'm going to show myself love every day by showering, by practicing yoga, by reading, by putting lotion on, by getting eight hours of sleep. I'm going to be vocal to others when they say they might know someone that I could potentially be interested in, I'll ask them to be set up on a date with them. And then number five is achieve the goal. Through my efforts, I have found my person and I am one step closer to finding who I'm meant to be with, whether it's this person or this person is bringing me to the next person, whatever it might be. So this is why you can't just say like, I'm going to find a boyfriend this year and I'm going to get in a relationship this year. And then you just stay in your bed or you stay home and you don't do a single thing. And then you get mad at the universe for not sending a man into your bed or into your home when you haven't done any effort other than just say like, I really want a boyfriend. I really want a boyfriend. I really want, I really want something. There has to be effort. Manifestation is thought. Yes, but it is also work. But the beauty is that you can quite literally achieve anything you want in this world with this mindset. And I quite literally mean world. And it's five steps. Change the narrative, create an affirmation, create the system, practice the goal every day, and achieve the goal. And it really is that simple. But that doesn't mean it's easy. But it is simple. It takes showing up. It takes practice, but this will transform your life if you let it. And that's how you manifest. That's all I got for you. I hope you guys appreciate this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really love talking about this stuff, so I'm happy to be doing it in the new year. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. You can always watch these episodes on YouTube. I'll have it linked down below. Be sure to follow my TikTok, my like to know it. Um, Please be sure to rate this podcast five stars. It helps the show so much and I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I have goals for the podcast in 2024. I'm manifesting them. I'm putting work in. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching and thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Um, I love you guys. Have a wonderful Manifest Monday and I'll talk to you guys all next week. Bye guys.